When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're back. Double cover, double cover, double cover. Mama, we made it. The network picked us up. Well, we're like established. We, we need the signs that says like clap, cheer, laugh. J-Mac here, D-Mac to the right. Welcome to double coverage. Mama, we made it. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of double coverage with the McCourty twins. I'm your host, J-Mac. D-Mac is on the side of me. We come to you each and every week with a behind-the-scenes look, whether it's football, family, everything. From the perspective of two professional athletes in the NFL, you guys know you can find us each and every week, YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, your favorite podcast streaming site that you use. All you have to do is search double coverage with the McCordy twins. As always, you can find us on social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at McCordy twins. D-Mac, welcome to the show. Another week of football. The AFC playoff picture is still totally up in the air. It's been a frenzy. Playoffs, COVID, this thing is all mixing together. Who knows how it's going to end? But I am wearing my Miami Dolphins shirt seven in a row. When I got hurt, we have won seven out of our last eight games since I got hurt. The magic is put me out there, let me get hurt, and then start rolling, getting the victories. So you were, so you're saying you were the problem? I don't care. You can say I was the problem. Whoever was the problem, we are winning. I'm rooting for the guys. I'm at the games, the home games. I'm celebrating. I'm there with them. I'm texting them. All of that good stuff. So I'm fired up. If you got to blame me, then blame me. A W is a W. So with with the win streak, everything going on, do we have a New Year's resolution for you as we enter into the new year? Wow, a New Year's resolution. Right now... Um, number one is to start walking again. That's been a struggle. I'm still in a boot. I'm still riding around in a scooter. I'm eight weeks post-surgery and I'm still in a scooter. This thing is a process, but New Year's resolution, man, I haven't, I haven't even thought about it. Um, I would say I can be a more complimentary father and husband, uh, to my wife and children, boost them up a little bit more, a little bit more positivity, uh, going through an injury and all of that mentally, you can kind of get in the funk. So as the new year rolls around, more positive vibes coming from J-Mac. That's going to be uh, my resolution. I just thought about that. You didn't give me time. You didn't give me a heads up. But do you have a new year's resolution? We'll get in later in the show a little bit of the new year's talk going on in the Foxborough area. But do you have a new year's resolution coming up? Yeah, that's easy. Just win in January. Let's start winning mm-hmm. in the new year that is the plan. And you said you just came up with that. That sounded like a pretty in-depth New Year's resolution. So I will commend you because you will have the viewers really thinking how they can become better people because that's what you're doing for 2022. And also New Year's resolution to kick COVID. But good luck that's with that. what I'm thinking. Good luck with that. 
But you said becoming better people. Coaches out there are vying for better positions, bigger roles. As things start rolling, you're going to go on Twitter. You're going to see it. This team has requested permission to talk to this coach, that coach. The Jaguars have already started requesting permission. Byron Leftwich. Go ahead. Doug Peterson's getting interviewed. They're, They're getting rolling on the head coach search. The Jaguars have put out some officials, but they were already linked to Jim Caldwell and Doug Peterson now being for, but you got Kellen Moore, you got Byron Leftwich, you got uh, Matt Eflabis, I hope I'm saying it right, the defensive coordinator from the Colts. You got everybody, Dan Quinn, they're interviewing everybody. I think coming off of what they just went through with Urban Meyer, they're saying let's interview as many candidates as possible. Let's see what we really want. They had... Um, they had Doug Marone and um, Tom Coughlin really running ship. Uh, great year, go all the way to AFC Championship back in 2017. Little rocky since then. They get Urban Meyer out of there. It looks like they're really trying to say, let's throw out this net and see what comes back in. Uh, but it is that time of the year, and I always think it's interesting because coaches now are open and allowed to interview and really, the most important part of the season, playoff implications as the end yeah. of the regular season comes. Then during the bye week, I don't know if they change that or not, but during the bye week of the playoff, have you ever went through that? And, and I know I've gone through it in New England of the impact that it could have on the team, on possibly the coach, as you're still preparing and you still want to win in the current season you're in, but you also want to solidify your future and take yeah. advantage of an opportunity to be a head coach. Uh, what is your what's your thoughts on that one? No, quite honestly, I haven't. I spent eight years in Tennessee, and we didn't do much winning. So, come towards the end of the year, there aren't any coaches being interviewed for head coaching jobs. When I was in Cleveland, we went 0-16. You bet your bottom dollar no one was getting interviewed for a head coaching job. So this is a question that I would pose you year in and year out. You guys are usually a bye week going into the playoffs and all of that. You've done a lot of winning throughout your career. So whether it's Brian Flores, whether it's Josh McDaniels, whether it's Matt Patricia, it seems that there's always been a coach in New England who's being interviewed for a head coaching job. So what is the impact on that as players? Or is it one of those things where like you're like, dang, man, coach is looking at this? Or is it one of those things where you're like, yo, I'm fired up. My guy's about to get a head coaching job. He's about to get that bag. He's going to be moving, whatever the case may be. How do players feel in the locker room when you see those assistant coaches interviewing throughout the league? Yeah, first and foremost, I would say it really doesn't, it hasn't impacted the player since I've been there. It's never been, you know, that you felt like you missed out on something or this coach wasn't prepared. So I'll say ultimately it goes with what you just said. You're fired up for the opportunity that a coach that, you know, has, might have coached you, you know, in my case, a position coach and, and uh, flow, uh, defensive coordinator with Maddie P. Guys I have been with for years now, then Joe Judge, special teams coach, Josh McDaniel. Like these guys, you start building relationships, which you see their success. You see what they bring to the table day in and day out. And now you're saying you're seeing they're getting an opportunity to go run a team, run the ship. Uh, to me, it's always been cool just to see that opportunity because it's just like us as players. You enter the NFL at one stage of your career, you're a rookie. You're either undrafted, drafted, drafted high, drafted low. You're either traded. Cut. There's so, so many things that could go on, but ultimately you have goals that you want to reach. You want to be a pro bowler, all pro player, win a championship. Coaches have the same thing. So to see those opportunities, to see Gerard Mayo get an interview last year, a guy that I played with and now you know playing for, to me those are some of the greatest things to see, and I've always 
loved how the guys in New England have handled it. They've never let it take away from what they're doing right now and their purpose and the preparation. Um, and I think you've seen that because in some of those seasons, we've still gone on to win Super Bowls. And I think that is a huge uh, representation of what those coaches are about to prepare and, you know, go out there, do a job interview, but also to stay in line, stay focused uh, and committed to the current team. It's always been odd to me, though, because to prepare yourself to interview for whatever organization you're interviewing for, you have to go do the research. So there's only 24 hours in a day. And game planning, as we know, coaches have some of the worst hours during a football season as any employee in in the country where they're just there from morning till night, burning that night oil. And you think about it, that time that you have to go, you have to study that other team's roster. You have to be able to go in there and intelligently, intelligently talk about that roster, the things that you see that are wrong, the ways to improve that roster. And you also have to give some background on why you're effective in your role as it is. So it's always been odd to me because, hey, we're in the middle of, like you just said, fighting for a playoff seed, preparing for to make a playoff run, whatever the case may be. And that's time taken away to prepare for your next job that you may or may not get. So it's always been a weird situation. But the way the NFL is allowing these interviews to take place now, I think we're going to start to see more coaches fire before the end of the season because it's, yeah. it makes sense because you don't want to miss out on the perfect candidate like we just talked about with Urban Meyer being fired. Fire. We may start to see coaches. It may now no longer be a Black Monday after that last Sunday game where you see five, six coaches fired. It may start to happen prior to so teams can start to get a jump start and start interviewing these guys and these females to see who's going to be the next coach to lead the organization. Yeah, and it is interesting, like you said, to you know the time commitment. Um, it's also the time commitment once you go interview because it's not like you go and interview and it's an hour, two hours. Like sometimes it's 10 plus hours of interview going through, like you just said, roster, how you want to handle it. Like so many different things are all piled into this one interview. Sometimes it's two days of interviews of sitting down with people. So it is very interesting. And, you know, now that it's done a little earlier, you know, it's not always where you had that bye week, so you had a little extended time. So it'll be interesting how it affects the preparation of big games coming right after, you know, call it in four days, five days. It'll be interesting to see how that plays. No doubt about it. Getting back into football a little bit, all these playoff implications, the Tennessee Titans take care of business at home, a little Thursday night football, which I'm not fired up about because we played the Titans next. They had a Thursday night game. We had a Monday night game. Now becomes a short week for us, an extended week for them. The scheduling stuff, I don't know, but we're going to prepare. We're going to get ready to play. But AJ, AJ Brown was back, and he was back in a big way with a huge game beating San Francisco. Now San Fran is going through some stuff. Jimmy Garoppolo, an injured thumb. Do we see Trey Lance? And all of these different things, the NFC playoff picture is kind of shaking out. So going to be interesting down the stretch uh, as we get into this. The Colts shorthanded are able to take care of the Packers as they're going through COVID. Uh, with They had three players the day of the game get COVID. Carson Wentz just got COVID. I, I don't know for sure, but there's been reports that he's unvaccinated. So that automatically takes him out for the next game. So a big, big loss for that team, especially at this juncture in the season when they're in the playoffs right now, but are fighting to remain there. Yeah, I mean, uh, for one, I mean, all that's great. Playoffs, big games, Thursday night. What is your take? What do we like more? Like, did we like the basketball Christmas Sunday? Uh, I mean, it was a Sunday, Saturday, or did we like the NFL football Saturday? Like, how was it shaking out in your house? Did you watch more basketball or more football? 
Definitely more football. I mean, yes, we have our COVID stuff, but I mean, you watch the basketball and it's kind of insane what's going on right now. There's so many guys and their protocols and they're signing 10 day here. You get a 10 day, you get a 10 day, you get a 10 day that it wasn't the same impact with some of the players not being there. And I'm just, a, I love basketball, but I'm a football guy. My six year old son, he loves football. We're watching the games. He's asking questions. So we're fired up and we're all into it. So it's always going to be a football house here and we're always going to be tuned in. I know you think you're Stephen A. Smith, Jalen Rose over there. So you're probably over there watching the NBA thinking that you can coach it one day and given all the commentary but over here we're strictly football no uh, basketball is christmas I, I i thoroughly enjoy christmas basketball more than christmas football the the football game didn't it didn't start till 4 30 it was late then he had a late night game like nobody has time for all of that i already stayed up late putting together gifts and stuff so that like I, let me get past all that i don't want all that but I will say this year, the basketball wasn't the same, you know, with so many, you know, like you said, ten, Greg Monroe's out there playing uh, in Minnesota uh, this past week. And he was like, no, Noel had a great game. Seven. I'm not going to lie. I didn't even know who Buddy was. I just got here. I didn't know who he was. So I think basketball, you know, this year, COVID, it wasn't the same level. You know, you had some superstars out on But we've seen some great Christmas games. Um, but I am, I'm, I'm just a, a bad like it, it was basketball. It's twelve o'clock and it runs all day. Like that's what it's about. It's like Thanksgiving football. Basketball's Christmas. Football. Back up a little bit, man. Back up. Put those games back on Sunday. Don't jump up on Saturday. About that about, no about it. Joe Burrow was in the Christmas spirit, handing out touchdowns and yards and yards and yards. The Ravens' defensive coordinator leading up to that game, they played Green Bay the week before. They double-teamed Devontae Adams a ton. Going into the Cincinnati week, said they were not going to double Jamar Chase the same because Devontae Adams is a top-two receiver, and he said he ain't number two. And he also added in that the Green Bay Packers have Aaron Rodgers, a future Hall of Famer, and he's not ready to hand Joe Burrow his gold jacket just yet. But he may be willing to hand him an orange one, and they may be ready to put him in the ring of honor in Cincinnati as he went out there and put Madden-type numbers up. 500-plus yards, multiple touchdown passes. You saw the highlights. T. Higgins making a catch on 18 people. Jamar Chase scoring touchdowns. It was crazy as they blew out the Baltimore Ravens. And he said he had no regrets on running the score. He said in his first year in the league, they played games where they got blown out and teams ran the score up on them. He said, this is not Little League. Do you have an opinion on that? When you see an NFL game, do you think, hey, like, teams should stop throwing the ball when they're up a lot of points? Or is it, hey, like, this NFL, if you want to, if you don't want us to score, stop us? Yeah, I, don't, I think in professional sports, you don't think about that. You just keep playing football. If the game is in a four-minute situation and now it's like, hey, we can run the ball and end the game, then you run the ball. But if you're up big and it's the middle of the third quarter – like, you shouldn't just start telling your team, like, hey, we're going to start doing stuff that we're not normally going to do. No, you keep running your offense. You keep doing what you're doing because that's how you stay on track. That's how you stay a good football team. And I think that's what you saw Cincinnati do. You're, you can't just turn it all on and off in the National Football League. We see that every year. Um, you know that as a player. I know that as a player. So, yeah, I mean, I don't think you I don't think you see it as running up the score. You just see it as, like, we're just running our offense. Like, we might call a run play – and if that run play is alerted because you give us a certain look and that tells us to throw the ball, 
Joe Burrow in his second year. I don't want him to still be running the ball into uh, a double, uh, a safety and, and strong uh, linebacker blitz. And, you know, they bring two guys and we run the ball and get Joe Mixon killed. No, if, if the alert tells us to throw the ball backside, we're going to throw the ball backside. Ball. If we happen, if we win the matchup and we score a touchdown, I mean, hey, there's good offense. So uh, I think it's like you say, you get in one of those games, you just you keep playing as a defense, as an offense, because if not, it's just going to get worse and worse and worse, and it will not be pretty. It's not the other team's job to make it look better. That's for sure. No doubt about it. Speaking of keeping on rolling, Kansas City Chiefs are rolling as they wrap up the division, which feels like since Andy Reid got there, they've just won the division year after year after year, and they continue to do so uh, in Kansas City. The uh, Dallas Cowboys also wrapped up the division as they were able to beat the Washington football team. And some good comments from uh, Ron Riverboat Ron, Ron Rivera, after the game as he talked about uh, his team and said, these guys are not robots. They obviously went through an emotional week uh, with Everett uh, in a car accident where a young lady lost her life and he sustained uh, injuries that were not life-threatening but was in, not in great shape. And as a football team uh when you go through that, not only a football team, just everybody involved, uh, somebody lost their life and obviously don't know everything that transpired. But that's very sad. And that, that's hard to just say, all right, hey, like, let's go play a game this, this Sunday or whatever day of the week it was, because you feel for the families involved. You feel for your guy that, you know, he's hurting, you know, you can't be there for him. And it's hard to focus on the game. And I felt like Ron Rivera said that very well. He said, these guys are not robots. They're people. They have emotions that go up and down just like any other person does. And sometimes you're expected that no matter what's going on, you got to compartmentalize, go out there and put good film out there and play good football. And it's not always easy. And you could see that game. Washington, has been, they've been playing some good football and uh, they just they weren't there in that game. You know, the Cowboys from jump. They put 40-some points up in the first half. Felt like they could have scored 100. Washington had guys fighting on the sideline. It was just – it was a tough game to watch. Yeah, and I, I think that also makes you think about Ryan Kelly and his family, uh, who he took time away after, you know, they had – they lost in um, a stillborn and uh, giving birth him and his wife. So um, – it, it puts in perspective real life situations. I don't care yeah. if you're an entertainer, a famous doctor, uh, a person that we deem a regular person, an athlete. Um, real life situations happen. And when they happen, they cause whatever the emotion is they cause. And if you don't deal with it, then it's going to show up in every part of your life. And for Washington, like you just said, you go through something and trust me, all those players did their best to try to say, you know what? We're gonna just bring it. We're gonna go play. We're gonna go play for our guy ever. We're gonna like we're gonna go do this. But it's not always realistic. Like you can't always just turn it right back on and let all of those emotions stay in the locker room or stay at your house. Like that stuff you carry with you. So um I think it's always tough and, and you know uh, prayers to Kelly and his family and what they're going through. And, you know, he needs to get to a mental space where he can even come back and play football because, you know, I personally know how tough that is to deal with. You don't just, you know, come back to football and leave that at home. Like that stays with you. You think about that a lot, uh, really all the time. So um, I think it, it's, you know, those are two great examples of when you go through real life things, it will have an impact on you and you have to do what's best for yourself. Um, and when thing, and things like that impact your teammates. Um, and, you know, it doesn't always mean that you're going to go win two games like the Colts have done. 
Um, sometimes you will get a showing like the Washington football yeah. team, but you just hope that you stick together and you keep battling. No doubt about it. Adversity is going to strike, and you never know when. And watching that game, as I kind of mentioned it earlier, we saw Allen and Payne get into it on the sideline. Have you ever been a part of that where, like, guys are fighting during the game, and how do you handle that? You're you're obviously a leader and been a leader for a lot of years in this league. How do you handle that? Is it somebody jumping between? Do you just kind of let cooler heads cooler heads prevail? What, what what is that? What do you do at that point? Yeah, I've never I never seen it quite go that far, but I mean uh, we've had some famous uh, little spats on the sideline: uh, Tom Brady, Billy O'Brien, the Tom Brady, Josh McDaniels. Uh, I've seen uh, our deep one of our defensive coaches, Pepper Johnson. Um, shout out Pepper Johnson, big time linebacker for the Giants back in the day. Uh, and Albert Hainsworth, I've seen them get into it. Uh, Pep and Ninko. So like I've seen like the quick little spats you get into it, and that calms down. And then after the game, uh, you know I think people are like oh they have to do talk it out. You really don't even have to talk it out. Most of the time, two people understand where they're coming from. Heated a battle, emotions get going. You settle down and you're like, hey man, we're good, we're good. They threw a punch, no but I still it. think no doubt about I, it. I still think they probably after the game they calmed down and you know you could see on the sideline pain was heated, but like once you go back on the field and you got to finish the game, it's hard to still carry that anger all the way yeah. into the locker room, you know. But I think those guys probably were like, and I mean they played together in college, they might be good friends. They probably were like, hey man, my bad, my bad, and just laugh and about it. And we're done. I mean, it's like it's it's like having a brother. I mean, we've gone at it plenty of times, said things we probably shouldn't have said, but move on and you still remain brother. So uh, not something you want to see, but sometimes things like that happen. You don't want to make it act like it's the end of the season. No doubt about it. it happens way more than what the camera actually picks up on. There's <laughs> probably always different things, whether it's player to player, whether it's coach to player, whether it's coach to coach. There's always things. It's, there's a lot of emotions involved in this game of football. So I feel like there's always stuff going on that you're trying to hide, but it happens in the in the heat of battle. And like you just said, it happens. You move on, and hopefully at the end of the day, you win the game so you can laugh about it on Monday. Exactly. Exactly. Not a lot of laughing going on in Carolina as they continue to struggle. Whether it's Cam Newton, whether it's Sam Darnold, whether it's PJ Walker, uh, they're 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 struggling down. They're struggling down there, and Tampa Bay took full advantage of it, wrapping up Tom Brady's first division uh, over there in the NFC South, and they brought that home. And they got the hat and the T-shirt, which took me a very long time to figure out what the hat and T-shirt meant. When you win your division, you get a hat and T-shirt. When you win your conference, you get a hat and T-shirt. When you win the Super Bowl, you get a hat and T-shirt. I'm very proud to say I have done that multiple times now. Uh, Not a lot throughout my course of my career, but it's happened, so I'm excited about that. Congrats to them. Rams wrapped up. They were able to beat the Vikings. Hold on. Don't zoom by Carolina, I think, and I saw the 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 thought maybe that this could be Cam Newton's last home game in Carolina. Mm. So I will say uh, for their last home game, we gotta hope Cam Newton goes out on top, comes out, and you see it's only right. It's only and right. We see the Superman come out if this is indeed his last game uh, as a Carolina Carolina Panther in Carolina. You hope it's shining and a great one at that. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. Cole Beasley. It was reported has been fined. Uh, over, I don't know if it's right at a hundred, over a hundred, but a hundred thousand dollars when it comes to COVID protocol violations. 
Uh, do you know anybody that's been fined $100,000 for anything throughout their career? Uh, probably adding up, but I mean, I mean, listen, these COVID protocols, they put them in and they told us they were going to be strict. They were going to be about it. Uh, and I think I think we all know if you're unvaccinated, the protocols are to bother you the most. And Cole Beasley's not vaccinated. And I, and I feel like the non-vaccinated population are the targets of most of these protocols. They're checking. That's what they want. Uh, so, it, I mean... I don't like to ever see guys get fined. And, you know, sometimes there's things that you do that we understand as the contracts we sign, the the player conduct, uh, things that we sign. That, all right, that's going to. But the, I, you hate to see this $100,000 on COVID protocols. I mean, it's tough to see. I'll, I'll say that. Yeah. It ain't tricking if you got it. But I remember <laughs> uh, I was in Tennessee the year we're playing in Houston, Andre Johnson, Cortland Finnegan. Obviously, if you're football fans, you've seen the clips of it. They get into a, a, a tussle, uh, and it, we play. We end up playing Houston two weeks after that game. And my guy, Cortland Finnegan, as soon as – I mean, we're in the locker room after the Houston game. We come in there. Cortland says to me and Altron Vernon, the other two corners, the three of us were kind of the starters, hey, y'all get ready. Y'all will be out there the entire game because in two weeks – when Houston comes to Nashville and we play the Texans, he said, from the very first play of the game, I will be gone because I am going right at him and we will scrap. We get ready to play Houston day of the game. We're warming up. At that time, Merton Hanks was in the NFL offices and he was in control of the fine system and all of that type stuff. Comes over, grabs Cortland, lets him know, hey, if anything transpires between you and Andre Johnson today, the fine will be at least 100 thousand dollars Cortland came to us after he said I will be out there every single play because my wife will leave me if I go and get a hundred thousand dollar fine knowing it was going to happen so that is the only experience I've had where you've heard triple digits and fine in the same breath so hoping uh uh Cole Beasley can save up but I guess he's got he's been playing for a while but like you just said you hate to see that. But what do we have going on in the group chat? It's holiday time. What is the group chat talking about, Dad? Uh, well, I see right here we got Jalen Ramsey shutting down Justin Jefferson. Jefferson, before the matchup, that game is circled. I mean, hey. Be careful what you ask for. Jefferson is a good player. He's been killing it in this league. Jalen Ramsey, one of the best we have in this league at playing a cornerback position. Sometimes you get the snake. Sometimes the snake bites you. Uh, this is a matchup both in the NFC. I'm sure we will see again, and I'm sure it won't always be one-sided. Uh, I love watching the Jefferson kid. He, he does a lot of things well, plays the position almost like he's in year five or six. Um, so, But Ramsey's a tough matchup. Uh, can guard a lot of different players. That's what I like about him. Big, big physical corner, but can guard the small, the tall, the uh, tall. Uh, very exciting matchup to see for years to come, honestly. Man, I like what you said. Sometimes the snake gets you. Play for Coach Dick LeBeau has one of his famous sayings was sometimes you get the bear and sometimes the bear gets you. Maybe that's it what I meant. Prone. Maybe that is what you mean. You probably, you've taken a lot of wisdom from me over the years, so I'm sure that's what you heard from I take wisdom from me. everybody. Take you, wisdom just from mixed, everybody. you just mixed up the animals. It happens to the best of them. But Cam Akers is on his way back. I don't understand. Me either. Torn Achilles, five months. How, Sway? How? Five months, torn Achilles? Like, I got a foot injury right now. I'm going to have to shoot him a DM and figure out what he did to get back in five months. You're too months. old. I, You're I, too old. I, 
you know what? He is young. When youth's on your side, man, like we just played in this Monday night game and came in the next day, I'm in there getting treatment. Javon Holland comes in. He's running through running through the train room to get to the weight room. I'm just like, we like, he just, they, they just got back at 3.30 in the morning. How is he running? He just played an entire game. When youth is on your side and you're 21, you can do amazing things. And Cam Akers, a young guy, he's doing amazing things. Five months post-surgery from a torn Achilles. He's on his way to making a comeback. So hoping that he continues to recover and that he remains healthy when he does return. Because that is insane. Deb, a little earlier, you spoke about the Carolina Panthers. You talked about Cam Newton possibly making uh, his last home game start in a Carolina Panthers uniform. Matt Rule talked about Matt the Carolina. Rule, before, before you even finish, Matt Rule, because of this, legend, legend. He talked about the Carolina Panthers' struggles, and he said it takes time. He even took and he brought up the rap legend, Jay-Z. Jigaman, Hole, Sean Carter, whatever you want to call him. He brought him up and said it took Jay-Z seven years. He had to build his own agency. I'm not quite sure exactly what he was referencing when he said the seven years, what part seven years. I'm not sure Hove had been on the scene since he was a young kid, 17 on the scene. Did he mean for him to become a billionaire? What level? He's had a lot of success, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, all of those things. What did you take from those comments? I'm not 100% sure, but I think anytime you bring up Jay-Z, you're doing the right thing. And no he's basically, way. He's, no telling, way. he's telling Panthers fans and organization, it takes time. Don't you he's dare buying, try to fire he's me. He's buying yes. time. He's buying time. No, you name me a coach that gets seven years to turn something around. It's no not one. going to happen. No one. So either you put the results up. Or you shut up, but no one wants to have the Jay-Z reference in the rap game. Hey, you're a Carolina Panthers head coach. Tell us how the Carolina Panthers are going to win, not how long it's going to take. No one wants to hear that. We've seen coaches fired a year in, and that's without doing the Urban Meyer stuff that he did, just not winning football games. We see coaches getting fired a year in. He says he needs seven. You don't have seven. Seven is a year of completion. We're not waiting that long. We need to see it before then. I don't care about the Jay-Z reference. You tell them seven, maybe they give you four. I like Matt Rules. I like how he's thinking. I like what he's putting out there in the airways. You might not agree with it, but he's thinking ahead. You know that meme where they point to the head? If you think about it, it's a smart move. Seven years, you take that down to four I'm good. If I win seven in year four, got to keep me. Next thing you know, I'm in year six. I told you back and before that I needed seven. You keep me for seven. I get all my paycheck. I'm with it. Man, let's talk a little bit some maybe postseason awards. Trevon Diggs, 11 interceptions. Is he the favorite for defensive player of the year? We saw Stephon Gilmore win it a few years ago as a cornerback. You think Diggs has a chance to, to take home the, the defensive player of the year? I do. I do. I think he has a real chance. I mean, the way he's attacking the ball, I mean, I think I really do. I mean, honestly, T.J. Watt could have won it a, a couple years now, now, and I think he'll have a really shot, a real shot to win it too. Um, but I think the way the Cowboys' defense is playing, um, I think, 
you can't go against seeing a guy from that defense get it, you know, and I know it's not just Diggs. And when you get it on defense, it's usually not just you. Um, so you look at Parsons, you look at Lawrence, you look at all of these guys playing at a high level. Um, but the way Diggs is intercepting the ball, I mean, if he goes out here and gets two or three more interceptions, like, I mean, we're, we're talking about closing in on the record. I think it's 14 interceptions in a season. Um you know, and you know, it is an it'll extra be, game, but yeah, it'll be interesting because I mean, after Gilly won it in nineteen, we saw Xavier Howard come out and Z- X had ten picks last year and he also had forced fumbles as well. I think he yeah. created some I think maybe thirteen turnovers in that season. And we didn't even really hear X's name mentioned much, even in the discussion for defensive player of the year. So it'll it'll definitely be interesting. I do feel like the year Steph wanted in 19, like you really saw, like he was following guys, shutting guys out. But like you just said, when you can create takeaways, 11 interceptions, like sometimes people don't fathom like how hard that is to do. Yeah, he's, got, he's, got throwing, he's got TDs in there too. They are not throwing him the ball. And he's come down with the ball 11 times before the season has even ended. So it's, it's, it's quite would, amazing to see it done. And I wouldn't be mad if T.J. Watt walks away with this award either. I mean, he's missed some games, and he's still right up there at the top. And stuff. Yeah. Like he, He's had a tremendous year as well. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. Uh, we kind of talked about it at the beginning of the show. The Dolphins are on a seven-game win streak. First time in history you saw a team lose seven straight games and then rebound and win seven straight games. So uh, my shirt says one at a time, one meeting, one practice, all of that good stuff. That's what we're doing down here in Miami is just one day at a time, one play at a time, all of that good stuff as we just continue to move forward and continue to prepare. But... I, yeah, I, have nothing, I have nothing to say to that. We don't want it. We don't want to hear. Don't we don't want to hear the. We don't want to hear the care. division hate coming from New England. But what we do want to hear coming from New England, a very courageous reporter asked after the game that Bill Belichick what his New Year's resolu- resolutions were, and I thought Brady had a really good quote when they asked him his New Year's resolution. He said he wanted to be as brave and courageous as that young lady was to ask Bill Belichick about his New Year's resolution after a loss. Shout out, Brady. He is searching for that courage and that bravery that she had to ask that question. And I love Bill's response where it was just as professional as it possibly can be. Not not now. Maybe next week. Clear I mean, and concise. He's saving it for the new year. You gotta, you gotta respect that, man. You gotta respect. One day that. at a time. One day what? at a time. We're we're not there yet. We're like, not there yet. Let's stay locked in on the task at hand. As my guy Slay says, let's keep the main thing, the main, the main thing. thing. Gotta I like respect it. that. I like it. I like it. Before before we get into the Dan O'Brien keeping it awesome moment of the week, let's talk about who won and who lost the week. For who? Let's start positive. Deb, who do you have winning the week? I'm saving this part for you because I want to hear you say it. Who do you have winning the week this week? We got the Dolphins winning the week. Hey, when I come on here, I can be I can be impartial. I can I can be objective. I mean, it is what it is. They won the week. Why? First team ever in NFL history to lose seven in a row and then turn around and win seven in a row. That is impressive. That is hard 
to do in this league, to go through so much losing and then to turn it around and believe in what you're doing and win. Never been done. So you got to have a lot of respect for that uh, as the Dolphins make a late push in this season to stay in the playoffs. Yes, lost the weekend. It is going to Notre Dame and their quarterbacks who have left Notre Dame and joined the ranks of the NFL for 24 straight games. Notre Dame quarterbacks, when they started, they have lost. Ian Book just did it Monday night for the New Orleans Saints. Jimmy Clausen, Brady Quinn, I played with Deshaun Kaiser down in Cleveland. It wasn't his fault, but we lost every game with him at quarterback. And whoever the hell else we had at quarterback, we lost every game. But that is not a good record to have for the Notre Dame starting quarterbacks. So if Notre Dame is recruiting a big-time quarterback right now, you may want to consider becoming a Scarlet Knight and go to (laughs) Rutgers. We don't have any quarterbacks in the league to lose games, so you can set your own records. That, I like that pitch. I like that pitch. Coach Shiano called J-Mac up. He might be leading your recruiting trail of a quarterback. I know we got the, the young stud Gavin, though. I'm looking forward to that four-star next year taking over. I'm just sure. saying it. Now let's get into the Dan O'Brien keeping it awesome moment awesome. of the week. I had a nice one, and Jay totally stole the thunder with the Bill Belichick New Year's resolution, Tom Brady. Luckily, I had one in my back pocket. If you have kids... Uh, you understand how big it was that Disney Plus decided to drop Encanto on Disney Plus. My kids have been watching it nonstop. My daughter already knows the songs. She's dancing along. And if you're an adult and you have Disney Plus and you haven't checked it out, you will have a fun time watching Encanto. It is a great movie. Uh, one time for Encanto. And if you're listening to this, can we please drop the Spider-Man on mm, Disney Plus? I will that. pay for it. I don't want to go to the movies because if I go to the movies, Spider-Man won't be the only one with no way home. I won't want to come back home because COVID is running rampant. So bring us Spider-Man in our homes. Let's make 2022 have just a little similarities to 2020 when we was watching all that new stuff right on the couch. For sure, and as you guys can see, they're taking care of the landscaping outside behind me. It's not easy to keep South Florida looking this beautiful, which lets me know it is time to wrap up the show. They're trying to work. I don't want to interrupt them. They're going to be making a lot of noise, so you guys know each and every week you can find us on your favorite podcast streaming, Apple, iTunes, whether it's Spotify, whether it's YouTube, make sure when you go check us out, you hit that subscribe button and check us out on social media at McCourty Twins, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all of that good stuff. We will see you guys. And as you enter into the new year, do something, do anything to be able to say, Mama, we made it. Let's get up out of here. Great way to end it. See you guys next week.